welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine, coach in life, mother of dragons, doer of the things, and yet learning how to do new things that bring her joy, Dr. Erin Wiseman. It's so great to have you around here with me again today. And I am talking to Jill Griffin. She is a fellow masterminder in the masterminder group that I'm in. She's a coach. She's a badass. She works with corporate women. I think you're going to enjoy the conversation we have today. Plus, she talks about a crazy traumatic event that happened in her life that I just want to get in and dissect. So join us in the conversation today. Welcome to the podcast, my friend, my fellow masterminder, my professional friend in the coaching space. We were just smushing about it before we got on the podcast, Jill Griffin. Hey, it's great to have you here today. Hey, thanks, Erin. It's really great to be here. Well, tell my audience a little bit about yourself and the magic you're putting into the world. Okay. So as Erin said, my name is Jill Griffin. I am a certified career and Gallup strengths coach. And I really, you know, I got into this work based on my background. I come out of large New York City advertising agencies, marketing, media, startups, and was really working on you know some of the world's top brands. And really, just as my career started to take off, I was hiking in Australia and I fell down a waterfall. It was a small waterfall, but it was still enough that I did some serious damage And the impact of the traumatic brain injury started showing up in ways over the next couple of months that I I don't think anyone could predict or expect. And I got to the point where professionally, I didn't know what was the impact from the brain injury, what was my own ego and drama, and what was just working in like a really high pressure, volatile corporate environment. And I just said enough, like I have to figure this out. So I started studying functional medicine, functional nutrition, and through that work, really got into mindset of understanding how the environment can also have such an impact. So cut scene, I brought all that work back into my corporate job and my team was performing gangbusters, my own performance. We were all getting promoted. Clients were thrilled and really seeing the impact of taking something like performance-based strength coaching along with mindset and the marriage of the two, the outcome can be a phenomenal, impactful result. So that's really where I then from there launched into my own business. I went out on my own about four years ago. And it's just, it's, I mean, it's just really been an amazing journey now getting to help others in the same way of like looking at their strengths, looking at performance and their mindset and getting them to create whatever it is that they want to create in the world. I love that so much. Do you care if we talk more about your TBI, your traumatic brain injury? Yeah. That, like super intrigues it. me. <laughs> yeah. As I'm like thinking, I'm like, oh my God. Right. Not so, a doctor. So I'll try to answer everything I can, but no, sure, but no. from, from your own experience and your, I mean, because I really looked up to you as a professional. I mean, you are a very high achiever in the ads and marketing space. Like, just the stories that you've been able to tell and and share with us. I'm just like, wow. And so 
you know, so many times something in our lives just like happens, you know, totally out of the blue that we didn't anticipate it, be it a death or, you know, a lot of times it is like a medical issue, Mm -hmm. but tell me a little bit more. So, so you fell, you obviously hit your head. Mm -hmm. What was the course from there? So (laughs) this is where it all starts to get a little wonky. So I remember that I bought health insurance, like travel insurance on top of my regular insurance. And I remember seeing if you had to get medevaced out, it was going to be $250,000 out of pocket. So that was the one thing I didn't want to be medevaced out. And because I was alone, meaning I didn't go over to Australia with a friend, I went and joined a group of people to go on a hike in the outback. I was my only health advocate. There was nobody else to advocate for me. That doesn't mean I wasn't with great people. It means they didn't know my normal behavior. So they didn't know that something was off. Like they wouldn't know. I just met these people a week prior, right? So when I fell, we knew instantly that it was a concussion. They did ask me if I wanted to be medevaced out. And I was like, well, I don't have an extra 250 laying around somewhere. So I'm going to say no. And then they just stayed with me in the night. There was like a EMT type person within the camp and they watched me and it was pretty brutal as far as like the dizziness and all of that, but it kind of settled down. I think I was probably working on adrenaline and cortisol and just powering through because I'm in a country that I want to explore. And it was another week or so before I got back out of the outpack, back into Sydney, felt fine enough, was, was definitely feeling off, but was like, again, I can power through, which always has been a theme for me. And then when I got back to the States was probably ultimately like two weeks later and then got checked out and they couldn't necessarily find anything. They were just like, oh, it's a post, you know, it's traumatic brain injury from being concussed, you know, having a concussion, that's what happens. And it's going to take some time, but you'll be fine. Except I, it wasn't, I was getting worse and worse where I would, I could be sitting in a restaurant and if there was like ceiling fans or if there were curtains or anything that would give movement. I would be so dizzy, like kind of like drunk, not like vomit, nausea. Cause everyone was like, eat ginger. You'll feel better. I'm like, this is not a nausea thing. This is literally what I then found out was there are a couple of different kinds of vertigo and I got all of them. So I had the benign positional paradoxical vertigo. I had MDDS was just uh, Maldi-Barkimont syndrome. I also had superior canal dissonance syndrome. Um, I basically blew out the superior canals in my ears, leaving very little of the inner tubes left, but it took 18 years to actually find that, which is all part of the amazing part of the journey. Because I worked in advertising, I had friends at Sports Illustrated who introduced me to a doctor who did a lot of work on football players. And they said like, you should go meet him. So I flew to Chicago to meet, shout out to Dr. Timothy Hayne. He was just amazing. And At that point, I was about 13 years into my conditions and like sleeping, sitting up. I couldn't even wash dishes because the movement of water in the sink was too much. I I couldn't wear a hat. I couldn't use an umbrella, but yet everybody was telling me it was all in my head. And I was like, this is not in my head. There's like, I couldn't put on mascara, like the tilting of my head to put on mascara would send me toppling over. And so got to the clinic in Chicago, which was tied to Northwestern. And he said... I I sent him most of my um, records beforehand. And he said, I am going to test you over the next three days. I already know what you have. 
but I'm now I'm going to prove it. And I burst out crying because it was the first person who was like, yes, this is something. And he's like, I'm going to make you a little miserable because I'm going to have to bring on a lot of the symptoms, but I'm going to prove it. And he did. And uh, that's when he was like, he was able to isolate the exact canals in my ears that I shattered as part of this. And, you know, once you know, it's like, I spent so much time trying to get better versus accepting where I am and creating a new reality from there, which is really where I got into possibility where I can't, I can't unbreak the fracture, but I can now choose how I want to move forward with it. And then the second part of the story is I had seen a 60 minutes episode about a medical doctor at Johns Hopkins called Dr. John Carey. And he was working on someone out of the, I think it was the, the, the London Philharmonic and somebody who was saying that he could hear his eyeballs move. He could hear his hair move. And it was really impacting his singing. And I was singing in a gospel choir in New York city at the time. And I was having the same thing. I can still hear the muscles in my face move. I can hear my eyeballs move. If I brush my hair, I can hear my hair move. And when I saw him again, it's like, it's so funny because it's like that gospel thing of like, can I get a witness? I was like, oh my God, again, somebody else understands what I'm going through. And I kept saying, Dr. John Kerry, he's the guy, he's the expert in the United States that can help me with this. How do I get to him? I was a freelancer at that point with really low level insurance. And I just kept saying, somehow I'm going to get to Dr. John Kerry. I don't know. I don't know, but it's going to happen. So when I walk into Dr. Timothy Haynes' office in Chicago, he says to me at the end when he does prove that I have SCDS, says, um, we're going to call my friend John. He's at Johns Hopkins. And, and uh, you know, we're going to have him now. I'm the diagnoser. He's the surgeon. And right there on the box, he like put it on speakerphone. And he was like, John. He's like, Jill, this is Dr. John Carey. And the second time I burst into tears. And they're like, what's wrong? And I was like, I've been waiting to meet you for like seven years. And now here I am talking to you. (laughs) So I opted not to have the brain surgery. It's something that maybe at some point I will if I get worse. But as they've said to me, that mindset is so important. And my mindset of really just being like, how do I work within this? And how do I maximize what I can within this has been what has kept me going. And um you know, again, at some point, if I have to do the surgery, I will, but there's a lot of risks to the surgery and not a guarantee for the results. And as I've been told before, I have a high tolerance for pain. So (laughs) I just go, okay, we'll, we'll just figure this out. Yeah. I love that so much because I was actually just having a conversation with another female physician and we were talking more about job transition, but something, you know how like when something kind of pulls on your soul when you're talking to somebody and it just was kind of like, hmm. And the more we started to dig into it, she did admit, she's Mm. like, I I do have, I have some chronic illness issues. And I was like, okay, well, well, let's talk about that. And I feel like so many times as high achieving professional women, if we admit that there's something medically going on with us, it's like automatically we're broken. And, and just by what you were saying that like, you can't unbreak the break, but you could have, you can move forward in that. That's such an empowering statement that I just want to put it out there to any other women who are dealing with chronic pain or chronic illness or a chronic condition that there is no ICD-10 code yet to name it, that you can feel heard and understood here because there's a lot of us, there's a lot of us in the world, but that doesn't 
And I, I know that feeling too of being like, I just want to name this and know what this is so that I'm not crazy or labeled as a maligner. I mean, I had, I had neurologists tell me if I'm so dizzy, carry rocks in my pocket. And I was like, you'd have to bleep out actually what I said, but you know, just the, the utter dismissal, which as if like, it's all in my head. Meanwhile, I knew that this wasn't about it being in my head. I I knew that there was something actually wrong that they just didn't find on the initial MRIs. Yeah. And I love how you bring that part of your story into going from a place of kind of feeling stuck and without opportunities to a place of now infinite possibility. And I love that. That's your word. So let's talk about that. Talk about why you chose it, what it means to you now, and how you're helping that with other people. Yeah. Great question. So for me, possibility is really probably the classic dictionary definition. And it's just like, it's not today, but it is possible. It it could happen. And that gave me freedom. Like I have found that so many of us and many of my clients today live in what I call the belief and doubt cycle. Right. And, And the way I describe it is it's high tide and low tide. High tide and low tide happen twice a day. Nothing is wrong here. So I know when I'm in a belief cycle and I'm feeling really strong and feeling really good about what's possible, I prepare that at some point, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, all of a sudden I'm going to find myself in a doubt cycle, but I have to remember that nothing is wrong and it's possible that I'll go back into the belief cycle. And sure enough, something shifts. I do my thought work. I really look at what I'm thinking. I examine the crummy thoughts that I might be having or the mean thoughts that I might be having about myself and then bring myself out of the doubt cycle back into possibility and then eventually into the belief cycle. So just knowing that that happens for me was so freeing so that when I woke up, the people I work with a lot are are what I would call like the anxious achievers. And I would wake up a lot of times in the morning with just almost like a low hum of anxiety and getting my my brain around the place of like, this is just a doubt cycle. It's just anxiety. And it's possible that this can shift and just reminding myself of that possibility all the time. And then, you know, really what I do is that I let, I call them like blanky thoughts or like when your brain decides to have a temper tantrum. So when I say, it's possible I'm not going to feel this way. It's possible I can get the job. It's possible that I can step up for that promotion. It's po- you know, being on that possible train when my brain decides to be like, wah, 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 and go, but it's not. I then just think about, I'm child-free, but I have many children around me, including my niece and nephew. And I just think like, gosh, if my niece or nephew said to me, I want to do this, but it's not possible, how would I respond to them? And I just think about the love that I have for them and then respond to myself with that same love so that I'm acknowledging when my brain is having a temper tantrum and is in doubt. But then I'm also saying, but you know what? It is possible. It's possible that that could happen. And then I just work on it and I just keep working on the belief until it eventually shifts. And then it's always funny because when I stop having doubts, I know that whatever it is that I'm working for the only difference is days on the calendar because I've now examined every doubt that's coming up for me and I've supported it and I've heard it out and I've nurtured it and I understand how to get back into possibility. And then soon enough, 
you're back into possibility and you're in your achievement. And that's what I work with clients on doing is really exposing their own belief and doubt cycles. Nothing has gone wrong here. And how do you work in it? How do you still show up when you're in a doubt cycle? I love that. I talk to people all the time about, you know, the feelings in our body and, you know, anxiety for me likes to hang around my throat with a chokehold. Oh, mine and, too. <laughs> yeah. And just reminding myself, like, nothing has gone wrong here. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's I what see I see you. <laughs> I see you. And like, oh, you're just back. It's just anxiety. Yeah. Like, and I love that too, because I don't know where we got in our heads that like this journey is super linear, <laughs> but it's not. It is mm-hmm. it is multi-directional. It it right. loops back on itself. It is cyclical and and just to give ourselves the grace, I love the analogy of tides. I am definitely I'm a Scorpio, so I'm a water. <laughs> I'm a water element 100%. And just to remind ourselves like with every high tide follows a low tide. And nothing's wrong. Both can serve, right? You know, if you're feeling a low tide, maybe that's the day that you need to give yourself more self-care and self-care. You know, I think we've, we've taken the self-care word to Instagram and we've completely bastardized it, but self-care could just be something as simple as, you know what, I'm not going to do that extra thing today. I'm going to rest. I'm going to get more sleep. I'm going to read a book. I'm just going to chill a little bit. And that's, you know, maybe a way that you can look at how to manage your doubt cycle, knowing that it is possible that you're going to be back in belief. Yeah, absolutely. I love that so much. Well, talk a little bit about if people are interested into knowing more about this work. I think so many people can resonate with being an anxious achiever, (laughs) having that low hum of anxiety in the background. Where are the places they should check out? Well, you can find me at Jill Griffin Coaching. You can also follow me on Instagram at uh, Jill Griffin Official. I do have a podcast called The Career Refresh in which I tackle a lot of this. And that's a great place to get some content and information if you're interested. And then, you know, I do work with clients one-on-one. I also have a group program called Amplify Your Strengths. And that's really looking at how do you take your strengths, your skills, your values, and your beliefs and putting that together to create whatever it is that you want and your career identity. The beauty of that work, it doesn't matter if you're an employee, an entrepreneur, I I have elected politicians, I have doctors, I have startup executives. I mean, I have across the board of people who I work with, but when you're really clear in the, the additive of strengths, values, skills, and your beliefs, when you come out the other side, it ends up giving you words and language to help you articulate your individual magic. And, you know, whether you're using it for copy on your LinkedIn profile, your resume, your own website, it's really getting clear in that identity work so that you can show up the way you want to show up with. So yeah, those would be the places and the kind of work that I'm specifically doing right now that I'm just loving. I'm just loving getting to do the work. And this work is a ministry for me. So the fact that I get to work with people to help them achieve what they want in their career, pretty awesome. Hey, are you tired of going at it alone? Well, friend, you don't have to anymore. Come sit with me. I want you to know that it's okay if you need to take a break. It's okay if you need to talk about some real crappy things. 
It's okay. You're not the first to feel like this, and you don't have to stick it out and be miserable. There is a way out, and there's a whole movement of fierce females in your corner. If you want to come sit with me and be in my community, you will not see me in Facebook groups. I freaking hate Facebook with a deep and fiery passion. <laughs> but what you can do is come over to Aaron Wiseman's Badass Collective on Slack. Because guess what? Once a badass, always a badass. And this isn't anything that's paid. It's not anything that I'm like throwing huge promos at you. It is simply a community where I am trying to get people together in the same space so that we could have these kind of conversations safely and in a protected manner that you feel so loved on. It's the whole purpose. So click in the show notes, get over to the Slack group. We do have some community rules. But, you know, that's just how it goes. But I would love to see you in there. I am in there almost every single day having real conversations, posting crazy pictures of my kids and gifts, all that good stuff. And I want you in there, too. So come on over. Come sit with me. for coming on Dr. Me First. And also, I don't think I've mentioned this, Dr. Me First won a pretty freaking big award. We were a Stevie Award winner for Podcast of the Year. And not only did we win that, we got gold, baby. (laughs) So yeah, I am the gold award, Stevie Award winner for 2021 Podcast of the Year. Stevie Awards are specifically awarded to female entrepreneurs around the globe, and they found that Dr. Me First was so inspiring and encouraging for the people who need it most during the COVID pandemic. So there we go. Who knew? I'll have to post a little picture of the statue once they send it to me. But I just so appreciate everyone who's listened, everyone who recommended me to the awards committee. To my team, Kayla Wells, my podcast editor, Anna Patton, who is the hand of the queen, my executive assistant, Casey, Laura, Karina, everybody else on my team. I could not do it without you. Thank you so much. And hey, baby, we got gold.